Hello, I'm John Kenny, the Relationship Guy, and Relationship Coach, helping people to create healthy, intimate relationships. Welcome to the show, the show where we talk about all things relationships with a mix of my own relationship ramblings and some great guests from all walks of life who will be discussing the importance of relationships to them. Today's guest is the most amazing woman um, I've worked with her on many levels in the past, part of her coach magazine and podcast with which she is the founder. Uh, today's guest is transformational business coach Teresa Brooks. Welcome to the Relationship Guy show. Oh, thanks, John. I'm really excited to be here and um, excited to be on the first of the guest list <laughs> for the new podcast as yes, well. Yes, indeed. Thank you very much for agreeing to come on. Um, as soon as I realised I was going to be doing the podcast, your name immediately sprang to mind as somebody to have on. Um, because I know a little bit about you, uh, the work that uh, we've collaborated on in the past, um, and your insight into relationships, I thought you'd be an amazing guest to have. So if you could, you know, to start with, just tell people a little bit about yourself. Yeah, thanks, John, for that lovely intro. I hope I can live up to that and create some good content with you today. Um, so, yeah, my name is Teresa Brooks and I am a business and personal coach. And I find those things, you know, very difficult to split. Like Some people say I'm a business coach or I'm a life coach. For me, I help women um, professionally and personally, because when women are building a business, of course, they've got lots of things going on um, in the background that include relationships, family, roles, juggling, expectations, um, beliefs, all kinds of things, really. And so it's never just one area that I work with with women. And, you know, being a coach as well has led me to so many different kinds of spaces and places that I never really knew existed in terms of exploring self who we are and our relationships with others and especially we're building relationships with with clients you know I'm, I'm helping real people to achieve their real goals um, mm. and that's why I do what I do so part of what I do is with the magazine as well and that's really to support the coaching industry and when I came into the coaching industry I noticed there was a lot of people who were coaching that weren't coaches uh, a lot of untrained coaches and self-made all kinds of things yeah yeah and so the magazine and the podcast I created to support the professional coaching industry and to champion training and standards um, and that's what I'm passionate about and with connection as one of my values obviously relationships is one of my favorite subjects <laughs> yeah definitely I think thanks for the, uh, the the background there I think that's important like like you said about that coaching industry. Uh, before we get on to kind of the relationship thing I think but it was very significant to to what kind of relationships that uh, brings up through the experiences that people have by not working with a some kind of qualified accredited experienced uh, experienced coach um, and your coach magazine and podcast is is an, is an amazing space for people to get involved with uh, especially if there's any coaches out there that actually want to be part of something which does promote all the hard work uh, that coaches do put into getting their training um, and working on making sure they're coaching people in, in the right and appropriate way. Absolutely. And I, I think that, you know, again, having a certificate or having a training doesn't mean you're going to be an amazing coach. It doesn't mean you're going to be great at the relationships. It doesn't really mean any of those things. What it does mean is that you've cared enough to do that foundational training 
And to really put money into what you want to do to build a career, I, I wouldn't have dreamt of doing anything that I wasn't trained in. Um, but of course, you know, that's also said without judgment to other people. So I, I'm not judging jury for anything. I'm just standing for what I believe is right. And the coaching industry is unregulated. So therefore, nobody's doing anything wrong. But I think it's very important if you're going to consider coaching and you're going to be a client and be coached that, you know, what you're looking for in a coach. And they're also looking for that to be a relationship. You know, that is going to be a relationship which actually is quite an intimate relationship. Um, no matter what kind of coaching you're doing, there has to be a lot of trust. Mm-hmm. And so I think the training is important around the ethics and the trust because we talk about holding space for, you know, each other and for clients. And I don't think that was a concept I ever really understood before being a coach. I might have heard the phrase and I would think, what on earth is that? What holding space? What does that even mean? Um, so it is a little bit of our jargon, but it's about that safety and that trust. And of course, they're, they're elements that are deeply connected to relationships, I think. Yeah, most definitely. Yes, definitely. Trust is one of the biggest things that comes up when we look at all types of relationships, isn't it? For you to feel safe and secure uh, and engaged and connected in a relationship. Uh, trust is, uh, if not the most key element, it is one of the, the the most important elements of a healthy and successful relationship. Mm, it absolutely is. And I think, you know, <clears throat> we talk about trusting other people a lot. You know, do I trust them? Do I not? Do I want to be in a relationship, whether it's business or, you know, pleasure, friendship, romantic? Do I trust this person? But I think, you know, the, the better question is, do I trust myself? Because... Self-trust is something I come across a lot. I've worked on, you know, what I trust myself in Mm -hmm. um, and what that means to me. But also with my clients, the self-trust can be low. And so therefore it's like, well, I don't know, is this the right thing? Always looking for sort of the validation and the outsourcing. So if you choose relationships based on that, of course, it could get tricky along the way as some yeah. of your listeners and indeed you and I, you know, we, we know. Um, and so I think the, one of the most important things is to learn to trust yourself and to also have compassion for yourself in, in your own relationship. Because, you know, one of the things I could be definitely tell myself is that I'm so hard on myself sometimes. And I, even the other day I was talking to a friend and we were funny enough talking about relationships. <laughs> Women yeah. love to talk about relationships. <laughs> and we were talking about this and I was explaining it some of the ways that I had felt. And she said, wow, Teresa, you know, you really hard on yourself sometimes. Yeah. And just for a moment I stopped and I thought, Hmm, that's interesting. Am I? And so I'm constantly examining the relationship with myself and I help my clients to do the same thing because whether Mm -hmm. you're building a business or you're changing things in your life, it's you at the core of it. You are that. And everybody that you bring into your life, everyone that you have a relationship with is a reflection of you. So if you don't trust yourself, you're likely to be around people that then are not trustworthy or you can't trust them in some other capacity. Does that make Mm -hmm. sense? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Uh, and I love the way you put that, that your relationships def- are definitely a reflection of what you put out. How you see yourself, how you feel about yourself, the kind of environment you allow for yourself will all be reflected in the relationships that you then bring in. Mm. And of course, 
you know, that, that happens negatively as well, because when, when there's, for instance, an unhealthy or a codependent relationship or a toxic relationship mm. in any way, and that doesn't have to mean that it's deeply abusive. It doesn't have to mean, you know, that it's a physical thing. It doesn't, I think people think of toxic relationships. They think of extremes, don't mm. they? Yes. Yeah. But it doesn't have to be extreme. It can just be the energy that's within that. But also, mm. it's also about like what you're allowing in yeah. that relationship to happen mm. and what you're allowing and what you see and experience from that other person is what you're accepting and seeing and experiencing within yourself as well. But most people don't understand that until perhaps things have gone terribly wrong. They're out of it. And maybe they might seek some coaching or counseling around that. Yeah. And then they start to do this kind of reflective work. Um, but I think, you know, as soon as you do start to do that and you do start to gain some space between you and said toxic relationship, you realize that, and this might be a tough one to, to digest, but you realize that you are actually the creator of that. Yeah. Yeah. And no, I think that is generally why people go around and, you know, I think statistically 89% to 94% of people just go through living life with their blinkers on head in the sand, just doing what they've always done, what they've learned to do. Um, and I think one of the hardest things that when people even do have an awareness of the fact that it might have something to do with them is that then being able to admit that it's got something to do with them and taking that responsibility. Oh, listen, it's, that is a really harsh mirror to look in, isn't it? And it's a, it's a bitter pill to swallow or whatever metaphor you want to use. It's difficult to accept that actually I am the cause of this. this this is down to me because instantly what comes to protect us is like no but it's them this is what they've done they've done all these terrible things and I can't trust them and they've lied and they've cheated or they've done this or they've done that yeah and it's like yeah all those things are true but who has allowed that to happen and why mm -hmm. okay because there's a lot of people that for instance if there were the partner that cheated on them that's it you're out mm -hmm. you're done Two years, two months, 20 years, that's it. Okay, no second chances. Because that's how they view that. And they, you know, I, I would imagine, believe that they deserve more. And that is not acceptable. They've got good boundaries and there's no excuse for that. So it's crossed mm -hmm. something that's, you know, irreversible. Yeah. Whereas other people will tolerate that over and over and over again and fall victim to that. And also I say that without judgment because that is not their fault. It's no one's fault in any way. Mm -hmm. But I think if you're unhappy in a relationship and things are not going well, you need to stop and say, well, what is my part in this? Yeah, my, my coach, the first question she asked me when my marriage, uh, when I was told her that I was getting divorced, my, my wife had moved out, she said, are you aware of what role you played in that? The first question right. she asked, mm. and I said, yes, I've done a lot of reflecting. I know exactly how I allowed this to happen, how my part in all of that. Um, and it's definitely something we're not taught. I mean, um, I was having this conversation, I think it, it was on the last podcast, maybe um, it was about we're, we're not we are given responsibility for the feelings and the actions of other people throughout our lives. It's something we learn as kids. You make me angry. You make me upset. You make me do this. You cause me to do that. And we are not taught, actually, that it's the responsibility of somebody else about how they feel and how they act. Um, 
and then we be, can become put ourselves in that space as well can't we like you said mm. we look at what the other person's doing uh, and what they've done that's created this scenario and rather than saying okay it takes two it always takes two what is it about me that is in this space and is allowing this to happen mm. um, and that's uncomfortable right I mean you had done a lot of work um, and certainly in your capacity in all the years that you, you were a counsellor as well, it would be a little odd if you didn't, you're like, well, it's nothing to do with me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but, you know, most people haven't, you know, most people haven't. And that question would be highly confronting. It was, for me, even for me. Yeah. Well, yeah. I've done. The first thing that she said was, what's your role? Not how are you doing? <laughs> how are you feeling? None of the kind of touchy-feely mm. stuff. It was... Are you aware of what your role was in in this breakdown? And I was like, first of all, I was like, uh, Oof, yeah, sympathy first. <laughs> yes, yeah, give me some compassion. Yeah. I mean, that was kind of straight in there, but um, you know, I can I can understand that that would feel. I think I would feel the same about yeah, that straight away. You, the resistance. Me, mm. I think the shock of the question also made me think: mm. Have I done that? And it was, yeah, you know, I've done that. I completely acknowledged my role in all of this. So. Yeah even though, like you said, it was hard to hear. So with your experience of sort of uh, toxic, unhealthy relationships, I like the way you said that actually toxicity doesn't have to be necessarily overly abusive. It doesn't necessarily have to be something very traumatic, but toxic is like an insidious kind of creeping mm. unhealthiness that that can permeate relationships. Um you you you've had that experiences yourself do you, do you understand now what you've taken from those experiences for yourself yeah I mean it's interesting isn't it when you talk about toxicity uh, I see that kind of like as, as a smoke you know in the in the relationship and it doesn't mean that there are no good things mm. so I think this is really important to clarify as well is that like you said toxicity it's like a it's like a thread mm. it could be as thin as a cotton thread but if it's running through the relationship, it's going to be like a tripwire within there that triggers off certain things all the time. And of course, we know that with, you know, heavier narcissistic relationships, these can be extremely damaging where people get caught in patterns for months, years, lifetimes with yeah. them. But the thing about these relationships as well, these toxic relationships, is they often tend to have a lot of passion in them as well. There's a lot of things that they deliver well on. Yeah. Um, and my own experience of toxicity um, is I never would have thought it when I was in the actual relationship. So I think this is a whole awareness thing as well. But your energy will know it. If you like, your soul will know it. So you will feel, oh, this isn't right. It, it doesn't feel settled. Mm -hmm. um, may always feel like, well, for me, it certainly felt like it would never quite come together. Uh, anything that I wanted, that I needed, wouldn't quite be met. And there's always a good, really good reason for that, yeah. which made total sense, which then makes you go, well, yes, I can, okay, I understand but still my needs are not being met. So I think my experience in a, a more toxic relationship was that my, my needs weren't being met and they certainly didn't come equal to the other person's needs. So everything was being driven really by them. Yeah. And so I would find myself adapting to that, you know, and, and, and you can get into that place where it's like, well, if you're happy, I'm happy. 
Yeah. Okay. And um, if you're in flow, I'm in flow. And if you're pretty down and depressed, well, I, I also am down and depressed now. You know, yeah. and you, you become, sometimes they describe it as a very uh, romantic and attractive thing to be like in a twin flame relationship. Mm-hmm. But actually, if you think of two flames dancing together, it's pretty hot in there, isn't it? It's not like, <laughs> which one's going to go out first? It's, it's, it's a little bit of... Um, an interesting analogy, I think, because I felt definitely like I was in this kind of twin flame, meant to be love relationship, but actually it wasn't that. No. But it was there was love there. So it's not to dismiss that. So I sometimes think it's like you're like picking through the threads. And I think this is where people get themselves stuck in relationships because they start bargaining in them and trading in them and saying, well, I know this is really terrible and maybe you cheat on me every six months, but oh my God, Mm -hmm. I really love you. We have such fun. You know, we've even got children together. I love our holidays. I love our home. And I'm going to trade in that. That's my currency. And so of course it's really difficult to to get out of that because you'll believe yourself. Mm -hmm. You'll you'll believe your own trading, if you like, in your own system. And um but also I had that underlying feeling and I also knew that I was compromising my own needs and I was waiting for this person to tell me when things were going to move forward um to, to make the choices and when I would you know really go in on that and say well you know this is this is kind of what I want and you know, those questions that you ask in relationships, you know, where is this going? When are we going to do this? And I actually don't think you should have to ask those questions in relationships. I, I actually now think that's a problem. That one where we're like, oh, you know, where are we going? That question mm-hmm. or, you know, what's the next step? Or are we going to live together? Are we going to get married? I really don't think those questions should be asked or people worrying about how they're going to approach them there's something wrong if you think you need to ask those questions don't you think that it's that it's necessary that you're not you're not in that flow with that person that you need to question and ask where they are in the first place exactly and I think that that brings us really nicely to sort of you know communication but Mm. what I was going to say was that I would go to that point and be asked about and I would get pushed back pushed back um and even, can you believe, John, even told I was high maintenance. I mean, how about that? <laughs> Just because you want to know where your life's going. <laughs> high maintenance. And, you know, often I think that is just such a terrible thing to say to somebody. Because mm. what does it mean? Does it mean that I have high standards that you can't meet? Mm-hmm. Does it mean that you think my standards are unrealistic? Uh, does it mean my expectations are too high? Does it mean that I am just difficult and a nightmare? It really, I don't know what that actually meant to say it, to somebody. No, I think it depends on everybody's level, doesn't it? You know, mm. if you're in a relationship where it's all on their terms, mm. it's up to them where your relationship goes, what you do. And then you all of a sudden say to them, well, I'd like to do this, or I believe that this isn't right in our relationship, all of a sudden you can become high maintenance. Yeah, because that's not working for you now, is it? Exactly, <laughs> exactly. And if that works, if I say by your being a problem uh, and you're high maintenance, if, if I can get you to take a step back from that, then I'm going to probably use that type of phrase in order to get you to do that. But like you said, is it, you know, it's something that's going on internally for the other person rather than you, Mm. when again it could it could be you because there are people that are really high maintenance there are people that need so much attention so much they become very needy very clingy 
that they can't have anything that's kind of out of their comfort zone and without them having a reaction to it. Yeah. Um, or like you said, it could be just as simple as saying, I don't want to see that film. I'd like to see this film. And they're like, oh, you're so high maintenance. <laughs> <laughs> I know. So obviously there's a gap somewhere, right? There's a gap, yeah. there's a gap in the relationship because, mm. you know, I've also been in relationships where that's never even ever been said. And so mm. it's interesting that it would be said in the space where the person couldn't couldn't or didn't want to meet any of my needs but it was okay as long as I stayed yeah. in the position that worked for them and that tends to be the problem isn't it because then when you start wanting to shift your position and you don't like that then that's when you get the, the problems and I think you know when, when you're sort of leaning towards um, any form of narcissism and that's a big word to use and I know it's a blanket one yeah yeah that people be around but when you get into any form of that I think that's quite a serious situation to be in there was elements of that in in my relationship but I couldn't see it at the time but trust me I could feel it yeah I think that's a really important point that you made earlier on is do you feel something that's slightly off kilter about this is there something that you feel is missing unfulfilling causing you some concern and you really maybe not be able to quite put your finger on it mm. uh, but you know in your body uh that something doesn't quite feel right about this yeah. are you getting some physical symptoms even from being in this relationship it's something that's massively overlooked mm. um, i think in these unhealthy relationship spaces is it like you said your body will be sending you cues and messages uh, even so much so that you might be suffering from something physical as a manifestation from the emotional stress that you're under yeah and I think that's really interesting because I'm also a, um, a holistic therapist so I'm holistically trained and so how I approach my coaching is how I used to, to work there as well which is the whole person mm -hmm. and you'll often find that people that are unhappy are unwell or they have um if their life looks great, but they're unhappy on a soul level or, or deep down inside, they will manifest physical symptoms. So I fully, fully believe that. Um, I didn't really get to that stage, but boy, was I unhappy. Yeah. All the time I was saying how much I love this person, I was actually unhappy. Mm -hmm. And so I found it very difficult to break out of this particular relationship as well. So I knew there were some real like trauma bonds there. And I, I found that tough and it kept pulling me back, pulling me back. But it was only really when I went and did my coach training and I did a lot of deep values work and I really realized, oh, my goodness, A, our value sets are so different. And B, now that I'm more aligned and attuned and aware of my own values, I can see why this is not working. I could see that none of them, my values were not being fed, were not being met, certainly not with this relationship. So therefore they were depleted. So it's no wonder I was so unhappy. I remember sort of like crying with the shock and almost the relief of it as well is that there was a reason for all this. And then, but suddenly as soon as that a penny had dropped, it couldn't undrop. Yeah. And I did actually, and I say manage, I will use the word manage. I did manage to end that relationship as a result from that relationship. I knew that I had work to do on myself. I knew that I had things to sort out. I knew I had, you know, um, past issues and relationships and traumas to sort out. And I also really had to do that work around questioning, why was I in that? Mm -hmm. How did I get there? How did I stay in it so long? Um, 
And why couldn't I get out of it? You know, I needed to unpack some stuff with myself. Mm. So I, I chose from that point to be, you know, selectively single and celibate for that period of time so that I could recover fully, yeah. work out my part in it, figure out who I was and, and build a better relationship with myself. And so really sort of lean into that self, self-love and care mm. and not serving everybody else and, you yeah. know, just, just because they loved me kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and, and really that's still, that's still where I am. And that's become a real power to me. I knew that deep down somewhere I needed to reclaim my power. And I knew that somewhere along the line, I had lost that. Mm. Um, and this is why, you know, I work to empower my clients now as well, because although I was, you know, small, intelligent, successful, if I say so myself, but you know what I mean? It wasn't like I was falling apart and a big mess in my life, but somehow I had got into this. Mm-hmm. So I knew it was to do with patterns. I knew it was to do with the past and it was time because I didn't want to go forward. I'd wasted enough years in that relationship and it hadn't ended up where I'd wanted it to be. Okay. Um, and so I knew that I, I needed to do that so that I could create the space to invite a better, stronger relationship in the future. Otherwise, the danger might be that I just may lurch into the next one or fall into the next one with a damaged heart and mind and still continue the same yeah. kinds of patterns, which I'm sure a lot of listeners would resonate with because you come out of one relationship and the next thing you know, oh, look, I'm in another one. And oh, look, it's exactly the same. <laughs> I, I used to call myself a serial monogamist. <laughs> <laughs> oh right yeah that sounds good <laughs> <laughs> because I would just flip from one from, go from one kind of toxic unhealthy space to the next didn't ever take that time. I think the important word that you you threw in there early was recovery mm. it is like if you've been in something especially for a time that you do need to take that time and space to recover from that relationship yeah. there are wounds that need to be healed there are pains that need to be overcome uh, and if you do just then use somebody else in order to cover up that space, you will just go around in repetitive circles and find yourself mm. in the same space at the end of that relationship. And maybe even worse, because it could get compounded the next time and the next time and the next time until, you know, you just don't have any kind of semblance of self or any kind of energy remaining to to be okay at all mm. and you do see that because you see people that literally cannot be without a relationship mm. and don't know who they are without that format in their lives mm. but the other thing that's important to comment on there I think is that in doing that you're also damaging other people and so you know the next relationship that you get into if you're carrying forward your wounds you know mm. and mm. your pains you are going to transfer it into that relationship and, you know, you are going to affect the other person. And so it becomes this whole, like, toxic ripple effect. And yeah. this is why some people say, oh, you know, relationships will break up. And they'll say, well, you know, he or she wasn't ready. They were always going on about their ex. Or I'm not your ex. I'm not the same person. And it all becomes enmeshed. Mm-hmm. And I think recovery is a word that people will either resist or embrace it's the same as the the word healing but it's whatever you want to call it really it doesn't matter you do need time to let's say recuperate um, from a a relationship that's been difficult Um, otherwise I truly believe that you won't be able to reflect properly what you want and you will only attract the same again so it's almost your kind of duty to take the break and do the work Mm. definitely again with that that kind of idea of the wounds that you carry 
you, you were carrying something along those lines in the first place when you entered that relationship. So the next person you invite into your life is going to be attracted to your wounds that you're carrying regardless. And like you said, you may be causing some kind of pain to them, but you know that they're likely to be attracted to your wounds in the first place. Uh, and again, so yeah. you keep going around in that that type of circle where you're always attracting someone very similar that is attracted to the wounds that you carry because that exactly. matches mm. the wounds that they're carrying for themselves. Yes. Um, and you said you, the, the, you made that point there about that work on yourself in that kind of recovery period, that healing period. Can you tell me a little bit more about the significance of how you've worked on that relationship with you? Yeah, so I think, you know, one of the, the questions that I just simply asked myself at the start of that was, you know, how did I end up in that? How did I allow that to happen? Mm-hmm. how did that happen so I went right back to the start of the relationship and I kind of like unpacked the whole thing I followed the threads and then I could see that some of these threads were attached to other reasons and other threads and of course you know we've all got a ball of wool right we just keep pulling at it um, and, and that's really where I started but then that led me to do some serious unpacking of my own and to attach that to, you know, parental wounds um, and not having a father in my life and some other abuse and difficult things that I had been through. Mm-hmm. And I was like, these are all connecting. I could see all the dots. It was like a dot to dot, you know, so I just like wanted to work out the actual picture. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's really what I did, which led me to um, some of the work I did with you led me to some inner child work as well. and ultimately led me to some sort of energetic level work as well and some more yeah. more soul driven work mm. and but all of it whatever you want to call it again I'm not precious about the language some people resonate with things like that some people don't yeah. it's all about you know what does it take for you to feel better what does yeah. it take for you to let it go and to not you know spin around in that same energy mm-hmm. so it was it was important for me to do that unpicking and that also allowed me to fully let go of that toxic relationship because that person would still keep holding on to me that's yeah. the other thing and right. until they realized that i truly it was like really not mm-hmm. then it just went away just like that after all that time it just went away um and so i think that my journey is obviously you know continuing but definitely has come to more of a a healthy place where I actually feel like now I could really embrace and invite a new relationship. Mm. But, you know, I don't know, this is maybe where the high maintenance thing comes back because <laughs> I'm definitely picky. <laughs> no, and I, I did some of the work that I do with my clients is having, is having your want list. I mean, it's yeah. what do you want to, what do you want from your relationships moving forward? And I think that's a question we don't really ask ourselves is, no. You know, we meet someone, we might connect with someone, but we don't really sit and go, okay, where, you know, especially when we've had the experiences that we've had and we've got to kind of our age and we've, we, you know, we, we kind of, okay, why is this always not right? Mm. Um, I'm not actually thinking about what I really want. I'm, I'm just going with what I've always had and, and what I've always done. And being able to take that time and go, actually, no, I'm going to be a bit picky. I need to make sure that the person I have this relationship with meets me on a certain level on certain and a lot of spaces Um, absolutely and also to think about what you then want to allow yourself to give to a relationship 
Um, because again, what is it within us that might be stopping us from giving ourselves completely to somebody? Um, and if we keep choosing yeah. these unhealthy kind of toxic type spaces, we are going to not ever going to give the whole of ourselves because we know there's something not quite right about that as well. So finding that person that you really want to be with will give give you the opportunity to question whether you're going to allow yourself to give yourself to that as well Mm, and it's really interesting as you're saying that I realized that I even though I thought I had in the past I'd never really given myself truly Mm. to anybody fully because Mm -hmm. it didn't feel safe to do so on an unconscious level Mm -hmm. and I just always used to believe when I was younger that you know the relationship the right relationship would just always be easy Mm. Now, now maybe I'm a bit foolish for that but I still believe that I still believe that I still believe that it would just be and feel easy mm-hmm. this is so easy and actually that is what I want so I need to be easy with myself I need to be easy on myself I need to be at ease with what I do in order to attract and activate that easy yeah. guy you know who is a reflection of me as well mm-hmm. and where I am you know mm-hmm. in in his own form and I don't think that matters if we're in a pandemic or if we're locked down or if we're free to roam, whatever. I think that's more of an energetic thing. And I always think that things will come to you at the right time. Um, And, you know, I really loved being single. It's just amazing. And I think from my youth all the way through up to that point, I was never single. Never. Uh, maybe I might have two or three months of a little break or whatever, but mostly, mostly not, you know, mm-hmm. bi- a busy love life, shall we say, yeah. but it's just been wonderful, absolutely liberating really. And when I, when I help clients with their relationship issues, some of their problems, some of the navigations they have to make, I can see that they've never really done any of this work or they've definitely, as you say, ended up with what they've always done or what's been expected or what the parents taught or, you mm-hmm. know, and, and all of that. And really, I think for me, I was always uh, a little bit like, well, so you say you you like me and you love me and that's great. So there must be something in this. So let's explore it. And I never really stopped to think on a deeper level, do I really actually engage with and like this person? It was all kind of very, very surface yeah. um, and always very much driven by the other person. And so we talk about designing and creating our businesses And I definitely think we need to design and create our relationships as well, because when we're designing, creating our businesses with all the systems and the tools and the strategies that we have, it's brilliant. But then we've got these shoddy, weak, patchy relationships over here. They start to collide. Those two worlds start to collide. And that's that's kind of what I see, which is why going back to the beginning, I say that, you know, my focus for my coaching is both both business and personal and I, I love both equally really yeah um and as I do more work on myself I can help other people more really most definitely I think that's like you said it's really important I've, um the uh the Yale University study it's at 75 years it's it directly correlated the fulfillment in life in general to the quality of your relationships yeah your relationships are not of good quality then you're no matter what else is going on in your life it's not going to be as fulfilling and as happy as it could be and as you probably find out with your clients as I do with mine it has a detrimental kind of bleeding impact on everything Mm. that you do whether you've got a successful business or not 
if your relationships, like you said, are in that state, yeah, they can't help but have an impact on your emotionality and and that is going to directly impact on your ability to be in any other space that you've got. And, and also like fundamentally as well, that that state that you have with yourself, you know, because you might not, you might not be in a relationship, you know, there's certainly lots of single people out there, but if your relationship with yourself isn't a strong one, you don't love yourself, you're not okay, you're not kind, compassionate, you're not equally calling yourself out and supporting yourself mm-hmm. and knowing your strengths and embracing your weaknesses and all the stuff that sounds so perfect. But, you know, if you're not doing any of that, you're not really going to like who you're living with. You're not going to like who's who's behind the wheel mm-hmm. and no, no amount of other relationships that will, will, you know, um, what's the word I'm looking for will compensate no. for that. So I just think ultimately um, you live with yourself, you wake up with yourself, you go to bed with yourself, yes. you know, you've got to like yourself in this human experience. We don't know what else there is. You know, we, we, we don't know we're having this experience and I believe we're all souls. And I think you've got to connect with yourself on a deep level. And for me, it's made a huge difference. Mm -hmm. I'm happy with myself. I'll also be happy to be in a relationship. Um, but I wouldn't be happy to just be in any relationship now. And I think I think that's the difference really, is that I'll be much more considerate of my own choices and my own needs um, because I know that I deserve that now. I think that's an amazing space to end the conversation. <laughs> um, thank you so much for being on the show today. It's been a pleasure having you. How can people get in touch with you if they want to know a little bit more about what you do? Yeah, so uh, social media makes that one nice and easy. So I'm Teresa Brooks, uh, pretty much anywhere you might choose to look. Um, so easy to connect with, easy to find. Um, and, you know, Facebook is probably one of my, my favourite hangouts. So if you want to connect there, um, you can see the magazine online, um, coach-magazine.com. And I'm always looking for quality coaches, mentors, therapists, consultants to feature in the online magazine and also guests for my podcast, which there's quite a long queue, but it's all online if you go and have a look at Be Featured. Um, So always happy to connect, um, business, personal, anything. And um, it's been a pleasure, as always, John, talking to you. Thank you so much for inviting me. Don't worry about all the notes there, all the things that Teresa just said, or they'll all be in the notes of the show. So just go to the notes if you want to get in contact with Teresa. Uh, thank you again for being here. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you and I look forward to speaking to you again soon. Thanks so much. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe, follow and review the show. That is very much appreciated. And please do reach out if you would like to know more about how you can create healthy, intimate relationships in your life. I will leave you with this quote from Carl Bond. Although we can't go back and make a brand new start, we can start now and make a brand new ending. I look forward to seeing you on the next episode of The Relationship Guide.